Welcome to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of May 25th. Hard to believe we're at the final week of May in this uh, almost halfway point of 2022. I'm your host, D-Swab Derek Kessinger, and joined by the always talented editorial staff of Notes Master Kevin Kovac, Big Shot Bob, Robert Holman, and Kyle Darren McFadden. And Kovac, the word of the day is parody. And that's exactly what we ha- that's exactly what happened this past weekend. Five national touring races, five different winners. Tommy Shepard out of nowhere wins 7,500. Ross Bales wins at VMS. Crazy, crazy parody weekend. Yeah, like it's spreading that wealth around. That's what's good about that. I mean, look, look at some of the guys that, you know, Hudson O'Neill started it all off with uh, uh, the Castrol night win, um, flow night win at, uh, at Marshalltown last, you know, that last Wednesday. Uh, after we uh, had done our our show already of last week, so that was a twenty two thousand dollar win, and and Ross Bales with the big one. I mean, Kyle probably will talk a little bit about that Virginia Motor. That was a crazy night with all the the weather, and it actually didn't even go a ha- to halfway. So uh, I guess nobody uh, made more per lap than uh, than Ross Bales did. We're only twenty three laps getting completed out of the sixty. So um, he'll he'll take that. That's for sure. Definitely, definitely good to see all those different guys uh, make some money uh, over a weekend. Yeah, and Robert, you're a car owner. You've been in racing throughout your entire life. How good is it for the sport and especially the drivers to see all this money spread out like this? Because maybe 15 years ago, you only had two or three races a week, and now we have like seven or eight, it seems like. Uh, it's definitely, you know, good for drivers. Uh, anytime that you can get out there and make, uh, you know, you still have to run the top three or four to to get up and down the road, uh, no matter where you're at. But the more races, you know, before if there were three three big races on a weekend, that's only three or four guys that's going to run, you know, top three or four. Now, if you've got seven to eight, uh, you know, big races on a weekend, multiply that times three or four, say top four seven races that's 28 positions right there that are going to probably uh at least be able to make money for the weekend so you know you look at it mathematically you look at it like that and it's definitely a good thing people don't realize you still got to run top top three or four no matter where you're at scott bloomquist you know told me that at uh at bristol they're running for a, a lot of money but typically the more money that you run for the more it costs to run for that money you know it, it for for me to run over here to go go to duck river and run for six hundred dollars uh it only cost me about a hundred bucks you know plus tires and stuff which i'm not we're not talking about but you know for you to run up in the road run up and down the road in a big truck and you put a thousand dollars worth of diesel and you know you look at um a lot of guys this weekend are like this is why we stay close to home i know Corey hedgecock made a post uh you know in regards to fuel and, and costs and stuff uh how much it cost him to go to sonoa um he made like he got paid like 625 dollars, and it cost him at least twice that if not three times uh i think uh i'm trying to think it was another driver in illinois uh, i'm sorry but i can't think who it was uh, right off the top of my head that post you know cost us a thousand dollars to fill up a truck so we're not we're not going to go anywhere this weekend and then you see a lot of guys who are breaking out the open trailers and the and the pickup trucks and stuff and, and diesel everything's just high right now so, so the more races that can happen and the, the less travel that a person has to do, then the better off the racers are, I guess is what I'm getting at. So if you have seven to 10 races on a weekend where they pay good money, 
uh, it is definitely a, a big help to to the racers right now in a in a time of uh, of really just just tough times with uh, the fuel costs and the way parts cost and the way it costs to refurbish a motor and and tires. You know, just heck, that's one thing that makes a huge difference. It's the one thing that's on your car that's actually touching the ground tires. So you know you got to have new tires on your car as often as possible, and those things are going crazy high too. So the more races that we can have, the better off we are uh, to help racers get up and continue to go throughout the. You know, I think you're going to continue to see racers pick and choose and sit home some and not travel as deep into the you know as far. But uh, the more races we have like this, the definitely the better it is. Yeah, parity in this case is a good thing for racers where they can stick maybe closer to the home than they would like to pick up a good paycheck and go back home feeling pretty happy. Cause of concern still is fuel and, you know, supplies and tires and stuff like that. My cause of concern, though, was Kyle, though, at Virginia Motor the other night. Wild story. Go check it out if you haven't. Listeners at Dirt on Dirt, it's a pretty great story. Good good uh, quotes by Walker Arthur, which is pretty funny. I thought that was great, but <laughs> Kyle, how was it there? It was a pretty wild scene. Is kind of take us through that a little bit. Yeah, I was uh, in the press box, and if you haven't been over to Virginia Motor Speedway, they got some of the nicest press boxes that you'll ever find, probably up there with the Charlotte Dirt Track. And so I'm sitting up there and, you know, looking back on the fact, just didn't even, probably didn't know how good I had it, just kind of sitting up there. And you're just kind of sitting up from the box, just kind of looking over the lay of land. And, you know, they're, there, there like wasn't rain in the forecast or storms in the forecast pretty much, you know, up until the driver's meeting, which was like 5.15. And then it was like right after hot laps, like 6 p.m. Uh, the clouds were just getting darker and darker and darker. And you uh, was uh, raw speedway. And uh, it, it was just, uh, it all just kind of um, swept over the track pretty fast, honestly. The winds, I mean, the winds were just so persistent. And lightning. I mean, you could just, uh, you know, obviously when you go to sporting events like like baseball game or a football game or, you know, just like a high school game, you know, if there's any like trace of lightning in the area, in eyesight, you know, it, it's a half an hour, I think, for every bolt of lightning. Um, back in Maryland, where I'm from, that's that's the rule. And so I'm sitting up there in the press box and you know like lightning's just cracking everywhere off in distance and um i'm just like oh man we're really going to try to get get this thing in and uh rained a few times first two times um you know track was able to take the punches and just uh like roll on with it but you know lights went out uh once half the track went out and it was just the ebbs and flows of the night um you know just like sitting up in the box you know you knew i knew it was quite honestly kind of sketchy just the circumstances and the situation but talking to guys like walker arthur and he was you know that was <laughs> that was the first time actually that i had ever talked to walk to walker and it was uh the perfect moment just because he just uh the way he described it i'm gonna have to post that audio somewhere because it was hilarious the way he described the trees and 
he was like, oh, damn, we have a situation here, you know, and it was like, it was just funny, but uh, no, you know, Ross Bales, you know, he picked up the win, 23 of 60 laps, the goal obviously was to get to halfway through lap 31, but just, you know, the exhaustion of the night and just the circumstances, the extenuating circumstances, it just made sense to just pay the drivers out in full, but no, I mean, I had never had anything like that before from a fan's perspective reporter's perspective no matter how you put it it was just uh, quite the experience and um one i'll never forget for sure and actually after the race too i didn't see any reports on national weather service or like anything like that but some people were running running around on the grounds telling me that a tornado had at least formulated within a few miles of the track so whether it touched down or not or whether that was true that's that's kind of the territory that uh, we had uh been encroached on there so uh definitely an interesting night down in jamaica virginia yeah glad everybody made it out there okay even though you guys survived a deleted scene from the movie twister so that was good to hear yeah uh, yeah that, that kind of reminds me of the summer nationals race at fairbury gordy gundaker wins they run the modified feature and then immediately right after Huge gusts of winds, tree limbs falling down on cars. So it's a pretty scary scene, especially when you're at a dirt track like that. Everybody has campers or an open area. So it's always something in the back of your mind when you see weather come up so quickly like that. Kovac, you probably have a few stories of uh, something like that that's happened to you on the road. I think you almost got struck by lightning once up in like the Dakotas, didn't you? (laughs) Well, yeah, well, there's probably never seen storms like I did, like in lightning that was – in in the upper midwest like that like, i remember just we went to a race one time with the outlaws and then we were just getting back going head to the, the back to the airport somewhere in in nebraska maybe omaha i guess i'm mean, I just the, the the way the sky was lightning lighting up lightening up the whole time was oh my god there was just lightning everywhere but speaking of lightning though i thought it was i think it was wesley outland the announcer uh at virginia motor during the crate race <laughs> during the crate late model heats uh without lightning i mean I, I could see it on this on the screen watching the broadcast i mean it was bright it, it would just blast up a, i was like wow look at that lightning and he goes oh no, it's just heat lightning there's a little bit of heat lightning up there i'm like oh my god that, that's heat lightning uh i'm not taking the weather forecast from wesley i guess there but but speaking we, we did discuss one uh, like last year i think um uh, before uh before uh derek was a host here with it joined us uh on the dirt reporters we talked about some crazy weather experiences we had at the racetrack and i mean i still go back to the the craziest one was i think it was 1990 oh i was at 91 something like that i was at rolling wheels raceway for a big block modified super dirt series race up in new york and middle of the race i mean you know you couldn't look at your phone back then and see that there was a storm coming uh, so you you, you kind of just went by feel then, you know, you knew there was a chance, but you didn't know if it was coming on that moment, middle of the race, all of a sudden the wind just picked up so hard in one direction and it came from behind the grandstands and it was before the rain hit it was the rain wasn't even hitting yet. It was just the wind picked up quick. I mean, I, I remember seeing a person with their little kid holding their kid up and the kid by the hands and the kid was their legs were blowing up in the air because it was so strong. The wind and all the wind blew the garbage against the, because it was right up coming from behind the grandstands. The whole catch fence was just 
all the garbage from underneath the grandstand had just blown out from under there and was stuck against the against the fence. And then it just poured and cars were trying to get off the racetrack as it was, uh, you know, like the track was just completely, you know, inundated by rain. That, that, that was one of the ones that I remember the most. That was this. Well, I mean, I was up in the tower for that. So I was able to stay out of the, you know, I wasn't in the middle of the infield or anything, but it was a, that was a, yeah, sometimes at a racetrack, you got no really where to go, you know? I mean, <clears throat> at least at Eldora, hey, something bad happens. You can run towards the, the tunnel, I guess, or something, you know, but there's no, some places you, you really don't have any escape. So you kind of, and, and especially in the Midwest with the tornadoes, uh, uh, you always a chance, you know, I mean, look, look, the show me 100 a few years ago uh, before oh, uh, on that day, you know, they had to cancel because uh, the day before the, that it was supposed to start a couple of days before it was going to start, there was already people campers there and, you know, and like, and, and the, the weather blew through there so bad, so did damage. So, uh, it's you always got to keep your eyes uh, open at, at the dirt tracks in the in the summer. Yeah, the most common use phone app right now is probably the National Weather app. All the guys in the pit area are constantly on it. Sometimes you might think they actually don't want to rain out. They just like driving to the track and then get canceled early. It seems like, oh, we're gonna rain out. We can't race and stuff like that. So, no more weather stories. Don't want to have any more nightmares. Robert, really quick before we get to our topic, what was uh, one winner that kind of stuck out to you? I know Tommy Shepard, rookie season, started 10th. He moved up, got a big win. Jared Miley came back, came from the third row. There was a couple guys moving, but what kind of – or what driver stood out for you this past weekend? A lot of different winners. Probably uh, probably Jensen Ford. Uh, it's kind of, uh, you know, going and picking up that, that ultimate win and outrunning, uh, you know, Brandon Overton to do it. Uh, I would probably say he's, you know, one of the guys that's, that stood out to me. And and the thing is, I wrote about, our, you know, one of our questions, for, you know, our discussion in Fast Talk this week. Uh, I mentioned him. And it's not like Jensen is a rookie. It's not like really Tommy Shepard's a rookie. He's been racing for 20 years in mods. I mean, if you can wheel a mod, I mean, you're a pretty good racer, you know, which uh, you know, makes me, you know, kind of makes me wonder, you know, why some of these really good mod guys don't have late model rides, but, uh, you know, if you can wheel one of those things, you're, you're, you're pretty good. Uh, so if you've won races in crates and you've won races to me, you're not a rookie, but what I, I guess kind of stood out is the fact that if I was predicting who's going to win those races ahead of time, I'm not picking those guys. So that's, you know, that's where it's like kind of like refreshing to see guys that you, you wouldn't, you know, I, not that I like to be wrong, but it's like, hey, we have some some fresh winners here, and I think that's really good for the sport. So, but de- definitely Jensen, uh, Jensen Ford stood out. I, I haven't seen him lately. Hope he hasn't cut his hair. Uh, he's got the, you know, kind of got that flow going. He l- looks real real nice. Uh, rivals his his wife's hair actually. You know, she's got that that great hair as well. I don't know if you know his his wife, but. Maybe the best hair duo in the sport, actually, uh, Jensen Ford and his wife. You know, if you if you put those two, if we had to judge something like that. But anyway, yeah, Jensen Ford for sure, because he I mean, he outran Overton. You know, and it's a big win for him. It's a it's a, a morale booster for them. I know that they've won a few super races before, but uh, you know, for the team, anytime you can go down there and you pick up you know, five grand or four grand or whatever, and you, and you, and you outrun a good crowd, it's uh definitely morale booster. So 
Congrats to those guys. Yeah, good job to Jensen Ford and company holding off big, sexy. And, you know, this morning, mid-morning, I'm trying to figure out what kind of topic could we do today. And I was, you know, scrolling through Twitter and saw this saw this tweet saying that, you know, these streaming services are keeping race fans from the racetrack. And it got me thinking, man, if I was a race fan, would I still be going to races or not? Especially close to home within four-hour radius. and. I know there's a whole bunch of streaming companies you could watch pretty much any single series last weekend, whether on Flow, uh, Dirt Vision, and Mav TV for the super late model sides. I'm sure there's probably a few others out there, even streaming locally. And I know that Flow Racing is a streaming website. Dirt on Dirt's been doing it since 2010. And I'm trying to think, man, what if I wasn't working in Dirt on Dirt and I was just a race fan, I had all these streaming services, would I go to the racetrack or not? So, Kovac, I'm going to ask you first. Race fan, what's your argument on that? Because I know sometimes promoters will go on social media and complain about it. Then other times you're saying you'll see a race fan, man, I love that race. I'm going to go to the next next time they have a big-time race, like Marshalltown this past weekend. Really no eyes in super late model racing. They get another race. I think you're going to have a lot more people going there and checking it out. Well, I think it puts more eyes on it, obviously, now with like the the numbers that you could get with the, so, you know, like at, at first there, the numbers probably weren't very big, you know, like when you, uh, it was just a pay-per-view and you just had that certain number of uh, of, of people uh, paying like the regular ticket price. I mean, but that would only last so long when you can have so, you know, you have so many races that you could pay that. And once it got to scaled up here, like where there's a lot of people Watching, I mean, you you got a lot. Of, that that's, that's uh, I mean, we're not talking millions or hundreds of thousands or something like this watching these races. Some people might think that, but that's not how many people watch a certain race. But um, but when you when you have more eyes on a race, that must mean there's some interest in it. And, and I mean, I, I remember like when like the race monitor and you know the the my race race pass like the electronic scoring kind of. App, you know, apps, or you could look at on your on your computer and stuff. When that started out, before paper, you know, the the streaming was really really widespread of almost every event um, of consequence. I mean, I, I I remember some people like it was more of the old school people. They'd be like, oh my god, racing's done now. People will just stay home and just watch the they'll just watch the 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 scoring on their on their race monitor. And I'm like, man, I tell you what, it's some some somebody came up to someone that had, I mean been around racing a long time like oh I I talked to this one guy and he was out on his deck and he had three screens going on with the scoring go on his computer on a Saturday night and he said oh I just stayed home I don't have to go to the race I'll just I'll just watch the scoring I'm like I'll tell you what it, your your track must pretty must be pretty good must be bad if a guy's gonna sit there and watch a scoring you know let alone streaming but they're going to watch scoring instead of going to the track and experiencing it. Once the, the, the streaming started, uh, I, I, there's certainly there's, there's times that people will, that have a plan to go to a race will not go, you know, like, well, I can watch it now. I mean, that, that is kind of a, an issue sometimes, especially when it's a bad weather. And that's kind of why you see a lot of times tracks being quicker to probably pull the plug if it's a if it's a bad weather day, a bad weather's coming or something, they'll be like, well, everybody, people will just stay home and watch it on tele, on on the on the stream. But I mean, that'd probably have been the case anyway, even if there wasn't a stream. I believe, you know, I mean, these people would just not go uh, because it's not like it used to be. Like you you see your you see the the weather on your phone. 
you you have access to the weather so uh, you're not just going like you use like in the older days here so i my personal opinion is if you've got a good racing program your racetrack is good you want people to see it you want people to see it on this i mean i i know at least one uh, promoter of uh, several tracks in a series and you know not not necessarily a, he, he's, i'm not saying this guy is a uh is a late model guy uh mostly he's more you know northeast guy but he's um he's talked to me before and he says he 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 loves the the streaming because he's never had so many people watching any of his races now he knows uh he can tell sponsors he has more people watching and he's had people come up to him and say i'm at this race because i liked what i saw on that stream i just happened to catch it like you used to be used to be racing papers all over the place, you know, like, I mean, it used to be every region had at least one or two probably re regional trade papers that would have everything in it, you know, like, I mean, it would cover late models and sprint cars and modifieds and, you know, everything. So if you're a sprint car fan, you'd get that newspaper and you and you'd look through it and you'd see something out. You'd see a late model finish that looked interesting. You'd see a modified and you might be interested in it. Now it's there. There's no real. Everything is specialized. If you're going to go on the what, because there's not many newspapers left at all. It, there's maybe one or two. Uh, so you don't just get that like browsing kind of thing where like I think that place looks pretty cool. I think I'm going to go check it out. But you have that now with streaming. You just click down and look at like you know at Flow or Dirt Vision or anything, you know, and you see these different races. I'm going to go check that one out. That one looks like it's a pretty cool midget race. And 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 I think it connects people, keeps them connected more because it used to be, you know, you didn't go to races. You kind of found something else to do. Now, if you're not going to a race, you're still watching a race and you probably will go again later in the year. Yeah, And also, in my point of this is there might be just too much racing going on. I know that everybody wants to make a good buck. It's their livelihoods. But if you had a race at the same racetrack, a special three weeks prior, and then you're having another one. People are going to be like, well, we just went to this one. We can sit this one out, and we can go to the next one. Back in the day, I feel like maybe a track only had two or three specials. So maybe it's time of that. You're going to go to it. Also, I think you can't look at attendance records from, like, 2020 expect to have the same as 2022. 2020, the only thing open really was dirt racetracks. And there was a lot of new people that came to the racetrack. It was really the only thing you could do because everything else was closed. There was no other sporting events. So I really think that some promoters – at least having races now are looking at that number and saying, man, well, in 2020 and 2021, when other stuff wasn't going on, we had huge crowds. That's going to play a big factor in it. Now everything's open. All these kids can play sports now. A lot of different things. So you got to kind of be, uh, use your imagination, try to keep those people there. And Kovac, I like your point. You see this race, you're like, man, I'm going to go to this racetrack now. Because I guarantee you if there was no streaming of a race, or no highlights, people wouldn't be going to Fairbury to watch their final, you know, the final last lap passes or a final close finish. That's just, they've seen it. They want to go there. They're like, well, I saw this race on highlights at Dirt on Dirt and saw it streaming. Just, I don't know. I just kind of a double-edged sword there. But do you think right now maybe Kyle is? Because Robert said it with drivers getting the racetrack, they're sitting at home. Fans are going to be like, you know what? We're going to wait for their big race. That pays like twenty thousand to win because gas is so expensive. We can't really make that three-hour drive. So I think right now it's just kind of what the cause of the economy is, maybe a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I wouldn't even—I don't know. We're so quick in this sport, I guess, to 
formulate opinions, half-baked thoughts and opinions and, and, and whatnot. And really, I think sometimes we get too narrow-minded, too, I guess, when we talk about, you know, trying to put the blame on, you know, like if I'm a promoter or like whatnot, and if I'm coming out of the racetrack, and if it's a bad night for myself, attendance-wise, or if I'm a race fan, and if I'm trying to assess where the sport is right now, based off of the pictures I see on social media or whatever, I'm sitting at home. I'm not even at the racetrack or if I am at the racetrack, uh, you know, you know, for a fact that, you know, streaming services is it's, it's the wave and it's here to stay. And I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that, yeah, the economy and the way things are right now, hopefully it's not, um, you know, hopefully, we don't, uh, hopefully we're on the back end of, um, you know, just the gas prices and, 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 you know, not falling into a recession, so to speak. Um, but also too, you know, back to like 2020, the COVID year campers and, you know, people just going out and buying campers and trying to get out of their house and what have you. And even last year, too, you know, there were still restrictions last year, right? The first half of last year in the last summer, you know, people were still chomping at the bit to get back out to the racetrack, trying to live life normal again. And so I guess this year now we're starting to see more people, um, you know, we're we're trying to get back to normal from an economy side of things and from a life side of things. and. Uh, uh, just really sure from a promoter's perspective, can't really speak for them, but for myself, right. I love just turning on just like on Friday night, you know, I watched, uh, the what about the late models at Marion center. I never seen Marion center before. Uh, that's actually like four hours, five hours for me. Uh, there is a high chance of rain. I stayed home. I watched it. It was a great race, right? I want to get up there. I want to see Marion Center, right? I don't care what anybody says about that race. I saw the track on the stream. I want to go see it. Sit at home, watch the NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars from Attica, right? I've never been to Attica. Now that's on my bucket list, right? So basically what I'm trying to say is you're sitting at home, right? You go to all these racetracks. You get curious. You gain knowledge about what's going on in the sport. It's just, uh, and even like the regional teams too. I know so many regional teams that have landed sponsors that have kept, quite honestly, kept them going in racing. And it's just like, you know, these regional teams, these like smaller teams, say a Port Royal, a Sealands Grove, or just like anywhere else that is local, regional racing, just around the country. I know many that have landed sponsors because they saw the streaming services, they saw the fan engagement, they see the sport. In my opinion, the fan experience nowadays is impeccable. Uh, we have it so good. Fans have it so good. We reporters have it so good to be able to really keep in touch with what's really going on around the whole country, right? Like I was watching uh, some races out at Ocean Speedway late Friday night, all the way out in California. And so you, you just had that opportunity to uh to 
just get the broader scope, just to get the broader scoop. And, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of late model fans who have grown uh, cars. I've known a lot of sprint car fans that are now gaining interest in models because, you know, you sit at home and you have all these races to watch, midget racing too, non-wing sprint car racing. The bridge is being built, and I don't understand or, you know, trying to play the blame game. I just, you know, I'm not going to play that. We all have a part to play. And uh, I know, for one, that the experience overall, that the streams have certainly bolstered that. From my view, you know, just looking at the surface, the surface level impact as to what you see at the racetracks. I mean, we're still setting, you're, you're still seeing fan attendance records across the country at certain racetracks, you know. So it's just, um, you can't look at one event and, you know, that be your cookie cutter representation as to, you know, the broader picture. You have to look at all facets of it. Yeah, Robert, am I overreacting here? Is it a cause of concern or is it like at the end of the day, because there was TV deals for NASCAR for a long, long time before their attendance started dropping because of the product at the racetrack. So are we starting to see, starting to see that? At the end of the day, it's got to be the product at the racetrack for fans to come out. Or at least as an average race fan, you're like, well, they haven't had a good race in three to four years. Why do I need to go to it? I can just stick, stay at home, you know? Uh, you know, well, clearly we're, uh, uh, we're, we're a product-driven, product you know, industry uh, simply because of, of the streaming is, even though we've been doing it for a decade, uh, it is still relatively you know, a new entity in terms of the volume uh, of the streaming that's available. You know, one thing you have to look at, for instance, we talk about, and I'm going to try to touch on a little bit of what it, all, all of you guys have said. We, there were three stream, three or four streams uh, available this weekend. Okay. I'm only one person. So I could sit home, which I don't choose to, I was working, but if I stay home, I can watch three streams. If I choose to go to a race, I'm going to one race. So I'm still missing your, your race. So I'm missing two of the three, you know? So, so I might, at least if I have a, a couple of options and I have to stay home now for the record, I'm going to tell you that I don't like having to tune into this stream stuff and have to get my computer ready and have to track down a different computer. I've got like three computers here. I've got a smart TV and the damn thing last like two or three times I've tried to hook it up. It won't stream right. And I don't know if I need to reset it or something. And so, so all that crap is irritating to me and I'm kind of, you know, I'm an old guy, um, just turned 30. It's all irritating to try to, to try to, get all that stuff set up so like this past week uh after my smart tv was not so damn smart or smarter than me one or the other i uh i finally got my son's um laptop out and just hooked it up straight to the tv and that way i knew i wouldn't lose uh you know the stream and i knew i wouldn't have any problem streaming it so i was able to watch everything i needed to watch on the smart because if i'm working I want to say, for instance, when I'm working, I'm sitting here at my desk and I look, I can look at my, I have a computer. I can look to my right. I can look straight ahead, which is probably 15 feet to the wall on the other side of the living room. 
and I can watch our like uh, 60, 70 inch television, smart TV. So that's where I prefer to watch a race, uh, you know, if I'm if I'm watching it. But the thing is, we're still streaming. It's still computers. It's still the Internet. So it's not like back when I was in college in 1988, 89. And you guys remember those uh, the thursday night thunder or tuesday night thunder whatever it was called on espn the sprint cars and stuff that was awesome it was on tv and i could sit back on my bed and just whoo and you know flip and watch of course i wasn't going to any of those races back then i wasn't never going to go to one of those races back then but i was definitely watching it every tuesday night because at the time i'm like holy crap this is dirt racing on on television you Tell me now who back then in their right mind would not have said, man, I wish, I, I sure hope we never get dirt racing on TV. That's the worst, going to be the worst thing to ever happen to the sport. We don't want to, we won't, we don't want people at home that can't go to the races. We don't want them to see what we've got going on. Nobody said that. No, nobody said that. There's not a person out there that at some point didn't say, man, it'd be nice if, if, wouldn't it be nice if we could watch this at home? That'd be pretty awesome, wouldn't it? Everybody said that at some point. Even a promoter somewhere who's complaining about it has probably sat home and said, yeah, wish I could watch this at home tonight. So there's nobody out there that didn't wish this was coming or wish this would happen. Now, I, we don't have numbers to, to tell who's making all the money. We don't have numbers to see who, if anybody is losing money, we don't actually have numbers sitting here between the four of us who are, we're all employees of flow sports. We all get our paycheck from flow sports. Flow sports makes its money from streaming races. Correct. So I'm thankful for that. But at the end of the day, I would rather be at the racetrack. A hundred times out of a hundred, I would always rather be at the racetrack. Now, there's a lot of different reasons for that. Sometimes I'm sitting here and I'm tired of hearing my wife complain about the damn announcers and I have to dial it down or I have to put it on mute. Sometimes I'm sitting here and I'm complaining about, um, and it's not just one streaming service. It's all of them at, at one time or another. I'm not going to pick on any particular one. It's all of them. There are a lot of times that I'm sitting here saying, you know, this guy just came from 20th uh, to third and they never mentioned him till he got to the podium with two laps left. Or if I was at the racetrack, I would have seen that myself because I would I would be scanning the whole track and you, you're able to just the experience. You can pick up more. I'm sitting at the track and I don't have to watch what they're dictating on the stream for me to watch. That's part of my experience. As far as Kyle goes, he is a glutton for punishment if he's watching all these sprint car races and stuff and all these micro sprints and all this crap. I don't know. I, I've always said I'm a late model snob. I always will be. I will not watch anything else. I'm There's no bridge for me. The bridge is falling through, burnt, raised up, gone. There's no bridge. I'm a late model guy, and that's what I'm going to watch when I'm sitting at home. I'm home and I can't go anywhere. I'm never now, like, like I said, in college, those sprints were on. That's the only dirt rate. That was it. Now I have sat here late. I've sat here at 3 a.m. and watched Formula One. I've sat here and watched while I was working just to have the television on. I've watched all kinds of different stupid kinds of racing. 
just because I wanted the TV on and wanted to hear it, whether it be off-road truck racing or, or you know, just all, a variety of motorcycles. I've watched all kinds of racing just to have the television on and have the noise on, but I'm not going to just tune that in at 8 p.m. on a Saturday night. It's not going to happen. I don't think, you know, I don't think you're overreacting necessarily, Derek, but I, I think that some people overreact to think that streaming is, is hurting their crowds. Uh, the biggest thing that's hurting crowds right now is the economy. And I do, do not think it's going to get better anytime soon. I do think it's going to get better. There's always hope that things are going to improve and things are going to get better. I just don't foresee it over the next 12 months. So it's a matter of, can we maintain? And part of maintaining is, is keeping these fans tuned in via streaming. They can't get here to the racetrack. They can't afford to bring, you know, grandma and grandpa and 17 kids and they can't afford to do that. So can we maintain what we have by streaming our races? That way, when the economy does pick up, these people say, I remember that race at, at Duck River last year. I watched that on, on Flow. God, that was a good one. Let's go to that one this year. Let's go to that Memorial Day weekend race this year. You remember that Show Me 100? You know, this is like if you're in Missouri or something. You remember the Show Me 100 last year? We watched that on Mav TV+. Plus. I'm going to that next year. You know, I'm saving my money and going to. Couldn't go to it this year. Economy sucked. Plant cut my hours. Gas was high. You want to maintain the audience right now. And streaming is definitely helping do that, period. I don't care who's making the money necessarily, but streaming is helping maintain that audience. So when the, the when things do shift back in the right direction, I think that you'll see an influx of people I agree with Kevin. Who's going to sit home and watch it on a monitor? I mean, who? I mean, I know people do that, but who by choice? I, I'll, I'll do that if it's a race seven hours from home and I can't watch. If it's a race in Florida, I love streaming that way because I sure as heck can't go to Florida. I'm I can't go to the I can't go to the show me this weekend. But guess what? I'm going to be watching it. There's tracks that that those like like uh, uh, Kyle said, Marion Center. Never seen it before in my life, but. Damn it, I was tuned in. And you know why I was tuned in? Because now, if you listen to the last show that we did, you have to go back and, if you listeners, go back and listen to that last show where I was on a soapbox. I had a vested interest in the world of Outlaws races this weekend. I wanted to see how certain people did to see if I was just crazy. I watched, I couldn't go to them, but I sure did watch them. So, no, I don't, I don't think... I don't think we're necessarily jumping ahead of ourselves or anything. I just, I just feel like some promoters, some promoters feel like they're not getting a big enough piece of the pie. And I would tell you right now, as, as in this economy, sometimes as a promoter, if you show up and unlock your gates and walk through and you leave and you did not lose a dollar that day, sometimes you just have to accept that as a good day and go on to the next one. That's just like, it's like anything. It's like when you go to the casino, right? You know, sometimes, you know, you went in with $2,000 and you came out with 2200 You won 200 You won 200 It wasn't what you expected, but you just go on to the next one. Yeah, that wouldn't be what I expected because I usually lose money at the casino, Robert. So gaining 200 bucks 
would be a phenomenal feat for me to win. So I'd be very happy with that. Yeah, I think the biggest thing right now is the fuel. I think the prices of emission for most of these races, yeah, they went up a few, but fans are still going to pay that extra five, ten bucks to get to the racetrack. I think is one of the biggest things that's hurting right now as a fan. Well, Kovac, streaming's going to be here to. St- oh, Robert. You know, you said the price of admission has gone up, and I was just doing this, the fast facts with the Show Me 100, okay? And, yeah, the price of admission has gone up across the board $5 a day, but holy bejesus, they're paying 50000 now. You can't yeah. expect, as a fan, you can't expect to keep going to these high-dollar races and, and it not cost you, you know? I mean, I, I agree. That I, I know that sometimes you go to a race that pays 5000 and it costs forty to get in, but you've got to do the math. Those races that, that pay five thousand but still charge you forty to get in, they know they're not going to get the same amount of fans because their their facility doesn't hold it. You have to accept all of all of what the the sport is. You go to a, a certain racetrack and you know the place only holds twelve hundred people. Well, you can't expect them to have a ten thousand dollar to win race and not, and and only charge you twenty dollars to get in. It's common sense. So, so yeah, yeah, the price has gone up a little bit, but electricity's gone up, fuel's gone up for the tracks, and the majority of these big specials are actually paying more from start to finish. So, as fans, we got to take that into account and 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 understand it. Oh yeah, and I think part of the reason that I mean, there's no doubt about it. I was saying that like admission to get into the gate. It's like a low level of concern for me because most race fans are still going to go. I think it's always that talking to people. Fuel, for some reason, is the biggest concern for people traveling to go to the racetrack, which rightfully so. It's expensive right now. But Kovac, we can't even argue it because streaming has brought more money into the sport for the drivers. Purses and stuff have went up, and uh, which I think is a very good thing. And streaming is going to be here to stay. So what are promoters are going to have – what are they going to have to do to, you know – to get people to the racetrack if they really do think that streaming's the reason that people aren't showing up. So it's going to be here to stay. All these places have streaming. It's not going to go anywhere. I mean, it's just the new times are in right now. And I know it's been over 10 years since the first one. I remember in 2010 at Dirt on Dirt at Cedar Lake, and obviously it's ballooned into something big. So what are promoters and people that have racetracks, what are they going to have to do to maintain and make sure the crowds keep going? Well, Sometimes it, maybe they, they need to watch some streaming too. Some of these promoters need to go watch some of these streams, some other racetracks, get a bigger, uh, you know, circle here of what good racing is. Sometimes they just can't throw the doors open and expect people to come. They need to give them something. They need to make people want to come. <clears throat> like I you know that two years ago during that time when, when crowds were like, they were easy almost to get when, when the dirt tracks reopened and nothing else was during COVID. But some of those racetracks, I mean, that was a perfect time. I mean, you give a good, good racing, good, good program, a, a good, you know, a, a well-run program, get some good racing, entertain the people, get them home. That was a perfect time. I mean, I know a lot of those, there's a lot of racetracks that had great crowds that didn't, didn't, make those work for them they did not produce uh shows that makes all those people because there was a lot of people that were like this is the first time i've been to a racetrack i bet more than than in any typical year in a long time that was a chance to make new fans that that you don't usually get and some of them didn't i mean i remember i I know i turned on a couple streams and stuff 
and, and they were it, it's it's after midnight and they're still not running the main division and they're just screwing around with all everything it, it wasn't good shows i mean that's what racetracks need to do the promoters need to produce a good show give something that's entertaining to the fans that that, that you know that that that's just not like some drawn out marathon and and i think fans will go i mean again you're not you you can't depend on every every one of those people that's watching on a stream isn't going to be at that racetrack. But you hope that, I mean, it's the same with a baseball game. You're not getting like, I mean, you're not counting on every person watching on TV to come to a game. You're hoping that you can get them to come to one or two games a year. And then you get enough people that come to one or two games a year, one or two races a year, where you where you fill up the, the, the stands on, a, uh, you have a bigger pool of people to draw from and i think that's what streaming does but it's up to the racetrack promoter also to produce something that makes people want to go to the racetrack rather than just watch it on on a stream yeah exactly my final thought will be there's been plenty of racetracks i've been to since streaming has came on they've seen it they're going to it i would still say 90 percent of the crowds have maintained or expanded especially since 2020 so right now we just need to pump the brakes. Everybody needs to relax. Streaming will be here for a while. Come up with new ideas and stuff like that. Hopefully the economy will turn around and fuel goes down. Could be short term here, could be long term, but we just got to ride it out like like Robert said, which is streaming is going to maintain it because people will still be able to watch it. And then once they'll be able to go to the racetrack and afford it, they'll be right back in the stands. But at the end of the day, in my personal opinion, it's always the product of the racing and how they run the show. Make it fun for the fans, kids, stuff like that. So promoters, keep using your brain there. Streaming companies, maybe they'll give start giving more of the promoters. They've been putting it back in for the drivers, so maybe that'll be the next step. So much uh, stuff that we can learn from streaming. I think it's still going to go in the right direction. But at the end of the day, we'll just have to wait and see. And as always, we finish the show with one more thing. Kyle, we'll let you go first. Looks like you are in North Carolina ready for some uh, racing in Millbridge, so you're in your car, which I think is very funny. <laughs> on the road. Yeah, I'm just visiting some family here this weekend. I was at VMS on Saturday, so might as well make you know a few extra hours and you know go work on a story for the Eldora Million with some drivers at Millbridge here tonight. So, anyways, though, my one more thing, I'm going to give a shout out to Bentley. He's 11 years old. Um, he's Recently had a heart transplant. He's a huge race fan. Met the kid last year um, at the Lucas Oil event at Port Royal in August. And it was his birthday last year, like when I met him. And, you know, Josh Richards was there and like Hudson O'Neill and a few other drivers. And, you know, they were just loving up on the kid. That was back when, um, you know, he was searching. His family was searching for uh, a heart donor. They found one. Uh, he went into surgery uh, very recently, either last week or two weeks ago. He's doing better. He's getting well. And on Thursday at Bloomsburg, um, numerous of drivers, they were carrying uh, some stickers with his name on it. And I just thought that was really cool. I meant to take a picture and uh, put it in the notebook, but it slipped my mind from over the weekend. And so just uh, wanted to give him a shout out. Keep him in your thoughts, and if you're so inclined, keep a keep him in prayer too. So uh, good to see him getting better, and uh, hope uh, he can get back to the racetrack soon. Robert, what do you got? 
we're thinking of you, Bentley. Yes, uh, definitely. I, I know that uh, I've seen Josh, uh, Richard, you know, uh, give a shout out uh, many times there when he's been interviewed in his podiums lately. And definitely our, our thoughts are thoughts are there for sure. Uh, you know, what I what I have is um, is a, a local thing uh, Saturday. We're not uh, Duck Rivers, obviously hosting their annual uh, Memorial Day. Sunday Memorial Day race this year, and it's a uh, Schaefer's uh, Spring Nationals race, which is really awesome. It's going to be streamed on Flow. So speaking of streaming, if you can't get out to Duck River, if you can't get out to a race this weekend, if you've got a good signal on your boat or at your grill or wherever you happen to be at, get it on your phone, get it on your laptop, get it on your iPod, whatever you got to do. If you're out barbecuing or doing whatever with family, you know, you can you can still pick up a stream somewhere. And I, I will say this about the streaming. Uh, I used to, I used to stream on my phone, watch races and stuff. Sometimes when my son would be playing baseball and I, I would have to be at a baseball game, but I, you know, so I obviously wasn't going to go to that, that race. So I could still stream and watch it on my phone while my son was playing baseball. So, so their streaming is not a bad thing. Anyway, uh, my one more thing in conjunction with duck river this weekend, victory fun park, it's on church street. I'm going to shout out to them. It's on Church Street in Lewisburg, Tennessee. They're actually having a uh, a car show, which a lot of times, you know, you have these car shows at the beginning of the year at malls or whatever. But this weekend, they're having a car show at Victory Fun Park in Lewisburg, Tennessee on Church Street. And uh, my brother and I, I'm uh, as soon as I get wrapped up here, I will be back out in the shop uh, putting together a uh, a nose piece. I've already got the body bent from a couple weeks ago and I chose not to put it on it. I'm glad I, I, on the car. So I'm going to be putting a new body on the car, new nose piece, new skirts. We've got decals here to put on my car. Uh, we're going to be getting our car ready. And on Saturday, we're going to take it over there. The weather's supposed to be pretty decent. We're going to take our car to Victory Fun Park in Lewisburg, Tennessee. Uh, of course, it's got a swab top uh, decal on it. It's got, you know, your flow low racing stuff on the car and uh and so and the people that help us out so we're gonna go over there and set up at that uh, car show i haven't been to one of those in quite a while and then sunday we're gonna go race at uh, duck river so you can catch all that action uh uh catch us in the 604 race maybe we we won't get run over maybe we can try not to you know hold anybody up so uh that's my one more thing a little uh different thing kind of going on this saturday for us Hey, Robert, your points racing, points racing over there at Duck River. So have fun. You were showing me the standings the other night. So hopefully you guys can, can continue those great runs. And, B, man, I miss those car shows and, like, the stuff at the mall when you'd walk through and see all the race cars. And I know at Fairbury they do, like, a meet and greet where they drive from Dave's Supermarket, and it's kind of like a parade. All the cars drive back to the racetrack. So it's always a cool thing to do. I think – towns love it i think it gets the community involved so hopefully we can get more of those things off but i mean you might, you'll probably win the car show too with that swap talk and flow racing sticker so maybe you'll be getting more money prob- at the car probably. Show racetrack <laughs> probably probably and and i'm getting i'm going to town today to get our hero cards printed i've designed those uh myself this week and so we'll be able to give some stuff out and some hero cards and got uh, some T-shirts we might give away from from when we had our car was orange a couple of years ago. So it's going to be a fun day on Saturday, and maybe we can actually go somewhere and not get the quarter panel wrinkled, and maybe we can keep from wrinkling stuff at the car show. 
Perfect. I better get one of those hero cards at the Dirt Late Model or Dream and the Million. So I'll be looking forward to that. My one more thing. Oh, crap. I just kind of lost my thought there. Oh, yeah. My one more thing is we're 15 days away from the Dirt Million, which is hard to believe. But go to Flow Racing. Go to DirtOnDirt.com. We have so many great stories, articles, videos. I know on the video side. we did a thing with Steve Smith, who ran second from Tennessee. I interviewed all the starters from the first original Eldora Million. That'll be great. We'll have video casts. I know, Kovac, I think you're doing a retrospective talking to guys back from the first million. That'll be pretty cool. I'm sure you guys will be talking to Donnie Moran. So all points in between. I just want to make sure that this is content heaven the next two weeks. So be sure to check it out. You don't want to miss any of it because it's very cool. And I cannot wait to be back in Eldora. Actually, in 12 days, I'll be getting there on Tuesday, but 15 days until the Eldora Million. So just make sure you go check all that stuff out. You're in for a treat. A lot of great stuff that these guys did. Cannot wait to see it and read it. Kovac, bat and clean up like Javi Baez. What do you got here? Uh, just a good mention here that uh, on this weekend, you know, we're this is like traditionally the weekend when the crown jewel stuff starts the biggest money races. I mean, we've had several 50,000 to win races already, but uh, this weekend, uh, the show me 100 at Lucas oil speedway in Wheatland, Missouri, that's uh, uh, it goes to 50,000 this year. It's going to be the, the record payoff for, for that event. That's been going on for 30 years. And it's the, fr- I, I kind of looked at, I'm, I'm covering it this weekend and I looked at it and I'm like, man, I haven't been to the uh, show me 100 a Memorial Day weekend show me 100 since 2018. Uh, you know, 19 was canceled because of the storms. 20 was canceled because of COVID. Uh, I mean, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's the way it worked, right? Yeah, 21. I went in 21. Well, I'm, I'm messing up my numbers here a little bit. What what years were which? What you know, 19. 19 was the storm. Okay, 19 was the storm. Didn't go. They didn't cancel it because of the COVID. They canceled it over <laughs> Memorial Day weekend. Or, they ran it in July. That's when Peyton Looney won. I got to just refresh my memory here. But they ran it in July. It was just the one-day deal in July on a Saturday night. And I covered that. And then last year, Joshua Joyner uh, covered it, so I didn't go. So, it's, but, but it's been since 2018 uh, since I was at Lucas Oil Speed. Spent the uh, hot, uh, Memorial Day weekend out there in Wheatland. And, and that was a memorable one. I, I, I mean, I, Derek, I think you were there, right? Wasn't that the – that was the year of Scott Bloomquist won it. But he also – that was the – uh, the big year of the big uh, Jordan Bland uh, incident bingo there where he tried, yeah, he, he kept the number of bingo ball in his pocket. And then they were found out that he had the good draw for the time trials and he was, and he was penalized and Scott was penalized. And I don't know if Jordan got a ride home or not. I'm not sure, but that was, there's one of the strange, I mean, there's been a lot of strange thought Bloomquist stories over the years, but that was the craziest where like, man, there's, he he really rolled the the bingo thing when nobody was looking kept the number i think it was number 2 and uh and then just and then got caught because they uh they knew something was up there and and then uh jordan had to admit it but uh so that was and then jordan, and then of course scott comes back and wins the race that weekend so we'll see what happens this weekend uh you know when i go back uh for the first time to 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 wheatland since then yeah 50 grand to win so they up that for the winner, it usually has been 30. 
Got the Outlaws at Aaron too this weekend, so we'll have a lot of national coverage. We'll have a lot of regional coverage. These guys will be everywhere throughout the entire country getting good notes, stories, and all points in between. We'll have highlights of everything. We'll be live as well on Flow Racing, so make sure to keep your browsers locked into both websites. We'll see you next week on the Dirt Reporters. Have a good Memorial Day weekend.